0: chats from the blog cabin
1: this is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast
2: hey y'all welcome back to our series on self-care on chats from the blog cabin we talked about um escaping into a book and that's some people escape into books for their self care. We talked about eating right. in our last episode, this particular episode, we're going to talk about the healing power of flowers. Now I'm introducing you to Talia. Talia is a really amazing person. Um, She was working in a corporate world and she ended up creating a online subscription based company that is all about flowers it's called postal petals but the way this came about is so great it came out through COVID because she was looking she had a need for something to help her feel better and help her mental health and you know everything was closed the flower markets were closed and she couldn't go down and just pick up flowers and go arrange them for herself because it really would just soothe her soul like she would have a glass of wine and she would turn on music and she would just get really get into being creative And she couldn't do that when COVID hit. So the idea came to her, but maybe there are other people out there in the world that are suffering with this as well. And so she created her company, Postal Petals. And I can't wait for you to hear more about the story and hear how she works with local farmers. You know I'm all about supporting the farmers. And so and the flowers i love flowers i don't who doesn't love flowers except for someone who may be allergic to them you're right but she has a really great and endearing story and, and empowering women as well so i hope you really enjoy this episode this message is being brought to you by joy farrell and laura frombach authors of street smart safety for women your guide to defensive living the threats women face today are unparalleled and more dangerous than ever before One in three women globally have been the victim of an attack. Women are terrified, and they're looking for answers. In the book, Street Smart Safety for Women, retired Deputy Sheriff Joy Farrell and technologist Laura Frombach, herself a survivor of family violence, draw on their experiences, both personal and professional, to provide those answers. Available wherever books are sold. Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these
0: folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in
2: now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. hey y'all welcome back to another episode of chats in the blog cabin you know the show where i virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life and today we're chatting about some of my favorite things and that is flowers and flower arranging and how we can actually use that as part of self-care which i absolutely love now forgive me if i get it wrong again but it's talia right
1: talia yes talia okay
2: i wrote it down but i wanted to make sure um is with me, and she is the owner of Postal Petals, and so mm-hmm. she actually created this company and started it from a way of self-care, mental health, mental health benefits, and calmness. So, welcome to the show, first of all, and Thank tell us a little so. about yourself before we get into talking about flowers.
1: Yeah, so um, my name is Talia Boone. Like you said, I'm the founder and CEO of Postal Pedals. I am an LA native. I lived on the East Coast for several years and made my way back to LA. I'm a Cali girl at heart. I always say that I'm like, my vibe is flip-flops and t-shirts all the time. Um, And so, you know, my background is in uh, public relations, marketing, PR, brand strategy. Um, I started my career in the sports industry. I worked for uh, NFL teams, uh, and then um, very NFL adjacent with you know players, leagues, associations, that kind of thing. Um, and so my professional um, background is uh, again marketing, PR, brand strategy, partnerships uh, in both sports entertainment, and then um, do a lot of work in the uh, in the social impact realm. So that's a little bit uh, about me, and I'm still I think I mentioned that I'm still based here in uh, Southern California.
2: And I love Southern California because I, my daughter actually lives in Pasadena. So I'm based in North Carolina, but Pasadena is so beautiful. It's just California. I fell in love with it when I went out to visit.
1: Yeah. California, it's, it's like where my heart is for sure. I'm from, like I said, Southern California, but my mom's family is from the Bay area. My sister and I used to spend our summers up there um, every single year. So I'm, I'm I have family all up and down this um this uh the coast of the state. So I, I'm obsessed. And Pasadena isn't too far um, from us at all. I'm actually driving through Pasadena later this week. Yeah, it's oh, not wow. a, it is a beautiful beautiful, especially South Pasadena. It's just it's got a lot of like rich history and beautiful houses and architecture and you know, really cool shops and restaurants. Like, yeah, it's a really mm-hmm.
2: beautiful part of town. And it's so
1: walkable too for sure. <laughs> Very, very walkable. And that's one of the things that I love um, about that area. And then the, the area of LA that I'm in, because one thing that people a lot of people don't know about LA, well, they I guess they kind of know, but that it's quite a car culture, um, meaning that there's just, you know, years ago, and this, this is that by the hand of the auto lobby that, you know, they kind of came in and know tore up all of our like street cars and you know kind of dismantled a bit of our public transportation and kind of made us a um a state that was very reliant on cars and so because of that things here in la are very very spread out it's very very rare that we're ever able to just walk places and so with what i love about what's you know kind of been happening in the last several years last couple decades i guess decade or two is that they've been really intentional about building communities um, that are more walkable and starting to kind of build up in spaces where it used to be nothing but neighborhoods. Now you're starting to see more shops and juice bars and restaurants and things to where, you know, we can begin to kind of experience life in the same way that, you know, I experienced it when I lived on the East Coast or when people are, you know, in New York and they can just about walk everywhere. Um, and so we're getting a lot more uh, communities like that in L.A. And I, I absolutely love it. I'm completely obsessed. I actually didn't have a car for maybe about a year or two before um, the pandemic. And I it was amazing. I just walked everywhere, Ubered, and it was great.
2: Yeah. Now let's talk about that the, the shift because you said you worked in sports and now you're with Flowers. And that's kind of like a shift, a huge
1: mindset <laughs> shift as well. So
2: how yeah. did that come about?
1: Yeah, so it was it was a, kind of a transition, right? So I started off in sports and then became sports and entertainment and then that kind of morphed into uh social impact. And a lot of the work that I do in the social impact space is really focused around all manners of like criminal, not criminal, um civil and uh, human rights issues. So that would be things like uh um GOTV, Get Out the Vote campaigns, uh at home um you know, homelessness, um you know, uh, anti-recidivism, educational empowerment, economic development, you know, criminal justice reform, like that kind of stuff. And so I bring, I mentioned that because that it, it plays into kind of how I ended up in with flowers, right? So years ago, um, I was introduced to flower arranging by a friend of mine who really just kind of suggested it as a really fun friend activity. And I did it and found it to be just very relaxing in a way that I just did not expect it to be. And with Um, the work that I was doing in the social impact space, that work was very stressful, right? Like I always will say to people as, you know, when we talk The system is broken Um, and, you know, it needs to be fixed. And I'm always just like, you know, once you actually are in that space and you're working in it, you realize the system is not at all broken. It's functioning exactly as it's intended to function. And a lot of the things that we fight against are very intentional. And so it would just it's very stressful. It can be demoralizing, all of these things. And so I found myself whenever um, in the workspace, I would feel stressed, anxious, upset anything like that, I would um, just kind of let that energy be expressed in the flower. So I would go down to the LA flower market. I'd mill around, pick whichever flower spoke to me that day, whatever colors, whatever shapes, whatever textures. And I would just come home. I pour a cup of tea or a glass of wine, depending on how bad of a day it was, um, and put on some good music and just kind of get lost in arranging flowers. And it never failed. It always just settled me. It always balanced me out. It always relaxed me in a way that I really... um that I just really came to appreciate and kind of cling to. So then fast forward um, to the very early days of the pandemic here in LA, we went on lockdown about the second week of March um, after New York, but before I think a number of other um, areas went on lockdown. And so initially, you know, like everyone, it was just gonna be a quick two weeks um, in the house and that two weeks turned into another two weeks and another two weeks. And by that point I was like, wait a minute, this is not as, you know, this is not, as quick of a of a fix as as we were initially kind of led to believe and i started to really kind of panic around like the uncertainty which i think all of us were feeling at that time right the uncertainty around what does this mean for for me for my family for my life for my company for my health right And um, in that, I just started just getting very, very anxious. Like I said, the walls were closing in. And it was actually my therapist who said to me, you know, um, Talia, I haven't heard you talk about arranging flowers in a while. You haven't been able to do that in a bit. Why don't you try that and see if that helps you to kind of decompress and kind of, you know, level yourself out? So I thought, oh, that's a great idea. The problem was that the flower market was closed because of the lockdowns. And so that sent me on this kind of journey to find a company I just was like oh I'm sure I could you know find a company online that could ship me you know flowers to arrange at home because at that point you could get pretty much anything delivered um, yeah. and I looked and while there were flower companies that would ship you flowers they were all still the same kind of ready to make ready to use um, arrangements and that's not really what I wanted like I I wanted to have that at the end but really my goal, excuse me, really my goal was to have myself go through the process and kind of decompress through the process of arranging. So I looked and looked and couldn't find anything and ended up stumbling upon this hotel, this wholesale flower distributor who shipped really large volumes of flowers um, to his uh, retail and wholesale clients all around the world. And I called him really just to see if I could convince him to reduce his minimums enough to just ship me a con- like a consumer sized box of flowers that I could arrange at home. Um, and while he right away said "No," he was really um gracious in his "No" and very, very generous in his explanation why." And he and I ended up on the phone for about two and a half hours. And during that time, he, you know, really was explaining to me, you know, kind of one, you know, why it's not possible to send these consumer size boxes. And then also kind of explaining to me what the farms were going through, what the the flower farms were going through, how they were, you know, flowers were dying in the field. You know, they had to lay off their workers. There's no, you know, um, you know, events going on, no weddings. Like people were stockpiling toilet paper at that time. They were not stockpiling flowers. You know what I mean? No one was even thinking about flowers. And so, he was explaining to me that there just was not manpower to do what I was looking for. And that, you know, farmers themselves are, you know, just they're, they're trying to figure out how to survive. And so by the time we got off the, off the call, the, the idea for postal pedals had come to me and I kind of said to him, but at the end of the call, just, you know, Hey, do you think, you know, something like this could work? And I kind of described a a version of what postal pedals is like a company where, you know, We can just ship people boxes of flowers that they can arrange themselves um and then you know have the farm shipped directly to to the consumer and you know he sat and he thought about it for a a bit and then he said you know if you would have asked me this four months ago i would have said absolutely not but now, given you know, kind of the this current state of things, the farmers are are really desperate to find new ways to bring their products to market. So that something like that actually could work. And that was the week um, before Mother's Day. Uh, 2020, And I immediately got off the phone and went to work building out a wireframe, looking at, you know, names, colors, all of these, you know, just building the brand. Because, again, my background is in, you know, brand building, brand strategy, brand partnerships. And so um, from the first week of, um, of May to the last of July, I worked on building up the company and we launched Postal Petals in beta in July of 2020, and we were in beta for about six weeks and we've been, you know, off to the races ever since. And so what we do is we partner with uh, domestic flower farms to ship boxes of fresh cut flowers to our customers all across the country for them to create their own arrangements as a way to promote both creative exercise as well as therapeutic practice. And then as an extension of that, we also host both virtual and in-person floral design workshops, really to kind of help to support and guide um, their design experience, still allowing their design experience to be their own, but really as a way to kind of help them be, feel supported um, through that process. Because as I mentioned, we are so used to uh, enjoying flowers as a ready to use product that most people are, you know, nervous or apprehensive, or, you know, um, about being able to wanting to, feeling comfortable expressing themselves creatively through uh, the art of, of flower arranging. and so. Now we're not just direct to consumer. We also have a corporate offering um, we do you know, a lot of work with our corporate partners. We host virtual and in-person workshops for them. We do employee team building, um, corporate health and wellness programming. We do like large scale, immersive art installations, um, anything that any anything that we can do where people are able to engage with flowers in a way that they are not traditionally um, engaging with them. That's where that's the space in which uh, in which we thrive.
2: Now, when you first came up with this idea and you started, um, like, talking about it with your friends and family, what did they think? Did they think, oh, no, she's got another idea. What are we, we going to do? Or was it like, oh, yes, that's something that you t- we totally can do? And how much of a struggle did you get from that very first time that you thought of it when it actually launched it?
1: Yeah, um, nobody, nobody thought here she goes again. Um, one because my friends and family respect me; they respect my expertise, they respect my mind, and they know that whenever I say I'm going to do something, I do something. You know, I'm not the type. I don't. I'm not the type of person that just has a new idea every other day. I'm not flighty, right? I'm very, very, very focused. And so, if I decide that I'm going to put my time and attention into something. Um, and just begin to share it with people that this is what I'm doing, they know that that's what I'm doing. So there was no pushback with that at all. It was was very, um, all the feedback was very direct, very um, supportive, very how can I help, very yes and. And in that way, I really I really do appreciate it. So I was able I do have a very trusted group of people around me that, you know, I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is how it would work. Would you know, how how do you think something like that would play in the marketplace? I did ask those types of questions and I got really, you know, really great feedback. You know, hey, maybe try this, maybe try that. I I love this idea. This is how I I could see it. You know growing this is how i could see you know it you know um, it being able to be used in these spaces so they were very much yes and in a way that i truly appreciate and also too my beta was all friends and family you, you know and they were they were immediately um receptive from the moment i put it out i mean the orders were just like flowing in so that within the first week we had so much data around you know what what adjustments to make? That we only were in beta for about six weeks because there were so there was so much good feedback because they moved you know so incredibly quickly and then I, we weren't even up two months and then a friend of mine was like uh, several friends actually said you know I really like this I think that this could be a lot bigger than even your thinking when you're ready to take on um, outside funding let me know I'm here for it. And so, yeah, I, I'm fortunate in that everybody was immediately supportive. But again, I, I am not the type of person to just haphazardly start things. So when people, um, when I speak in that way, they they um, um, thankfully, you know, listen and pay attention. So it was very, very supportive, and I'm, I'm fortunate in that way.
2: Okay, we need to take a brief commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the, maybe the struggles that you went through, especially I know probably finding the farmers and how, how that all went about. So we'll be right back.
0: Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. We go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, We believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, We have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways, and we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, We have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com and in the menu, click on Donate. And we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you.
2: And we are back chatting about flowers. Now, we t- before we went to break, I wanted to know about, because you talked about, you had the idea, you already started like with the strategy and the branding and everything. That was your first thing. But then step is going to find the farmers. How mm-hmm. difficult was that to find farmers that would actually work with you?
1: Uh, you know what? In all honesty, it it wasn't as difficult as as we thought it would be. When we launched in beta, we launched with almost 20 farm partners ready to ship with us, and the reason being was, you know, kind of as I mentioned earlier, that they were really desperate to find new ways to bring their product to market, and we were giving them direct access to to the the end user, and so they were they were thrilled. We actually would we had uh, once we launched and we began, you know, kind of start to get, you know, uh, more well known farms are reaching out to us, you know, asking, you know, if they could, you know, if they could, if they could work with us. And so um, finding farm partners was actually not nearly, you know, as difficult um, as, as, as I initially thought um, that it may be. So we were again, fortunate um, in that way. You know, I always say that um, this company was something that the way that it all came about, it just, it, it, there's no way that it could just be of my own mind, right? I feel like this was like gifted is definitely of um, of a higher power. And it's, um, for me, I'm very um, aware of all of this, all of the, this, the, the stops along the way or the things that happened along the way where the favor was a hundred percent there where it just made no sense that, that that getting farms was so easy or that meeting this person was so easy or that getting you know access into this room to get this deal done was so easy. you know but I just believe that there is just a higher power um, and a just a, a greater being that is working and um, kind of helping me move along. Um, and, and grow this company because it's something that I feel like I've been assigned um, more than it's, you know, it's it's quite a bit bigger than me um, is the way that I feel about it. And I believe that that to me is reaffirmed every thing happens where I'm just like, wow, like, okay, great. I don't know how you found me, but let's do it, you know? So, um, so it's, um, yeah, I, The the farms just, the farms came very easily and they continue to come easily, so we're grateful.
2: Do you think if covid hadn't hit that maybe the farmers might not have been as receptive to this idea?
1: I think if covid hadn't hit I would not have even come up with the idea. Right? Mm. I was not looking to start this company, right? I was very content with my with my impact agency we were doing very good work. We were, um, you know, I, I was very happy with what, you know, with what I was doing professionally. Um, very fulfilled in that, and it it was um, nothing that I was not looking for this company at all. Which is again why I say I feel like this is something that I was led to, and that was that was gifted to me. Um, but yeah, and this, I so to answer your question very directly, no, I don't think that um, the farmers would have been open to it. Um, had it not been for COVID, it, you know, COVID, COVID was this um, great equalizer in a lot of ways, um, in a way in which, you know, it, you know, that, but prior to COVID, and I guess a little bit still now, the floral industry has a little bit of a, which a lot of industry ha- um, has, so I don't want to say like it's a bad thing for the floral industry, but a bit of a gatekeeper um, type mm-hmm. culture you know some of the bigger players were you know are very much able to kind of dictate you know who you know some of the the farms and suppliers you know will work with and so i don't i i don't feel as confident that we would be able to be as far as we are um, were it not for covid but again if it weren't for covid uh this com- this company wouldn't even exist because i would not have you know, I would have just gone down to the flower market and gotten my flowers and went on with my day. I wouldn't have thought about how do I solve this problem that I am having. And I decided that if I'm having this problem, you know, that this, that this must be a hole in the market. And if I want it, someone else may want it. And I'm going to fill this need. Um, so it, it was my background that allowed me to be able to see the hole in the market. One, to see the opportunity to enter this industry. And three, to have the the skill set and the understanding and the expertise to maximize um the vision and kind of see that whole and turn it into a a wide avenue for myself and the company.
2: Now you mentioned the very beginning of the interview that you had that conversation for two and a half hours with with the with the um, supplier or want to see if they could ship you a, a just a consumer box. Have you gone back to them to that person and talked to them since you've launched your company? Oh, and- yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, we we work with him like a hundred percent. Like we work with him, we do a lot of business with him because, listen, I um, I'm all about you know collaboration and partnership. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, uh, working um, collaboratively with people. So, yeah, absolutely. We are very much um, still in communication, still work with them, um, do a lot of a lot of work with them. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's he is seeing him. He is very intimately aware of all of the all of the growth and things that are that are happening with us. That's for sure.
2: I was just wondering what his impression was. It was like, wow, that came out of a two and a half hour conversation that we had. And now look at where this company is at now.
1: Yeah, he just was I think for him he also cuz his in his business was was impacted by covid as well. Right and so for him he's like okay well if you could make this happen this could be a, a value add for for me. I mean we worked with him in our early in our early years, you know, um, you know working through the farm relationships, building out, you know, the recipe. So we worked very closely with him um, in our early years kind of building out um, a lot of you know the kind of processes and relationships and mapping um, that we that we continue to use um, today. So yeah, he was very much an early adapter and early believer um, and was was very instrumental in helping us you know kind of get um, get everything with postal pedals off the ground for sure. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just you know, I talked to him hang up and never talk to him again. no, 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 I definitely we, we absolutely stayed in contact for sure.
2: I love that because I love the fact that you built that relationship and out of the, that conversation your company was born and then you're able to go back and say, hey, look, now we can work together to do yeah. the boxes that I yeah. wanted to do.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it. And we, you know, for it's we were just barely three years old, but we've worked with him the whole time. Um, and so, you know, he's been able to also, you know, um experience fruit from from that, you know, from that relationship. So yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: a customer comes on your website and they look at it what should they expect when they first come to the website and how do they go about ordering
1: yeah, so we have um, three box sizes available. Um, uh, basically a small, medium, and large size box. I called our Beanie Box, which is named after my forever dog daughter, Beanie. I lost her uh, the December before the pandemic. Had her for over 16 years. She was the love of my life, my puppy love. Um, our medium size box is called a, a Midi Box, and then our Biggie size box is our largest And each of those come with anywhere from six to uh, 12 bundles of flowers the beanie has six midi has nine biggie has 12. and then what we do is we we work with the farms to curate six flower recipes so we'll work with the farms to see what's in season what's looking good um and then we'll curate those recipes so that we know that you know these are the six bundles of flowers that are going to come in the beanie box Um, And then for each of those recipes. So basically what happens is you'll, you know, first kind of decide how many flowers you want, like what kind of size you want. And then once you do that, then you can go in and kind of look at the, the pictures of the recipe. So you see one, one recipe may have roses and lilies and eucalyptus and dahlias or something like that. And you may say, oh, I love those. Or, or you may say, I really like wildflowers and I want something with chamomile and something with that's a bit more wispy. And so we have those different options available and you just kind of pick the recipe that speaks most to you. And the best way to, to think about it is almost like those meals delivery services where they send you the ingredients and then you prepare the meal. That's, that's us, but for flowers. And so when your box arrives, um, it's in a, a cute little postal petals box. Um, you open it up. Your flowers are in there, but in the in the top of the box on the in, inner flap of the box, it's got instructions um, for what you do. As soon as you unbox them, you give them a little trim. You you know put them into some fresh water, let them rehydrate because you know by the time the flowers will get to you, they will have been off the vine at least thirty six hours, right? Because they're cut. Mm-hmm packaged and then shipped. And so you have to give them another cut, put them in water and let them kind of rehydrate. They come sometimes they look a little, a little wilted, a little um lame, but that's just because they need water. Then you give them water within about an hour or two, they're back perked up. And then there is a QR code on our box that um, our customers can then scan, which takes them to our website um, where they can then um go in and, and get more um design tips. But it's I mean it's meant to be a really, a really um, supportive experience, but also a very personal experience, right? Like we're starting to see more uh, uh, DIY flower companies pop up, um, but it feels more like, like, almost like paint by numbers, right? Mm Kind of like this flower here and that flower there. And we are really intentional about staying away from from that right because for us it's not just about the flowers for us it's about the experience that you have with them and creativity should be your own and when you give something give someone something to judge their creation against um then what happens is that they begin to judge their creation against the creation of a professional, and that's not really fair, right? And so, I always will try to encourage people not to, you know, look to the left or look to the right and see who else is doing what, but instead to really stay focused and centered into their design. What's making them happy about their design, and what would make them happy as they continue happier as they continue to grow it.
2: Yeah, because then that's when your creativity gets kind of sits loose when you're actually working with the flowers and putting in there. Maybe you may not like the professional design of the flower
1: that the professional has done and you want your little take on it, your little unique twist on it. Exactly. You know, it's interesting because I, I hear people talk more and more now about how, you know, they are. We're so glad when they saw my company come up because they were that they were that person who whenever someone would send them flowers they would take they would deconstruct it they would take it apart and, and rearrange it themselves in a way that they thought was better and I'm like great now you don't even have to go through all of that you can order a box of flowers from us and make yourself you know two three four arrangements right because that's another really great thing is that with us you get so many more flowers because you're not having to pay that you know, professional designer markup. We're just sending you the flowers and you're the designer. So now you have all of these access stems that you could work with um, and create, you know, create your designs. You could, you know, put together, you know, 10 bud vases if you want and place them all around your house. You could, you know, do one big arrangement and, you know, several small arrangements, right? There's so many things that you can do, but that's the thing is that the experience is, is, is wholly and solely your own.
2: So can you give us some tips for flower arranging and like what kind of flowers complement each other?
1: Yeah. So I, my biggest tips are always, always, always to keep your flowers in clean water. You know, people always will talk about, you know, uh, flower food or what could they put in their water to make the flowers last longer. And I always say more than thinking about Uh, food or what you could put in it, think about what you can keep out of it. And that is bacteria. And the way that you keep bacteria out of your um, water is by making sure that you're changing it every day and keeping it fresh. The other thing is when you're trimming your flowers, I would suggest trimming them every day, just a tiny little trim, just to make sure that there's a new fresh wound for them to take water in from. Um, The other thing is to make sure that you remove the leaves from below the water line. A lot of people don't realize that leaves can be toxic. Um, to flower. Mm -hmm. Water it actually suffocates the flowers. I mean, that's how you ever notice when, you know, you'll, there'll be leaves in the water and the water gets really ooky and smelly. Mm -hmm. And that's because the leaves have started to poison the water. And so it's important to keep no leaves in the water, keep the water clean and your flowers will, they will last so much longer. Um, than you would ever expect if you you know if you were to just you know kind of keep though that water clean and then when thinking about um, what flowers look good together in all honesty I am. I love a monochromatic look. It is my absolute favorite. Like my team is always on me about not making every recipe monochromatic. Like I love like all whites or I love all reds. I love a green arrangement. There's so many beautiful green flowers that people don't recognize, mm-hmm. right? They're so used to greenery being like foliage um, and being kind of like a, um, a, a kind of a a support to like these beautiful, big, bold colors that they don't think about the fact that there's actually really beautiful green um, actual flowers and blooms. And when you work with those like hydrangea and, you know, um, China moms even spider moms like things like that, that, or lisianthus that come in these green hues and you start to put them together. And all of a sudden you've got something that you would typically see as nothing but foliage and see it as this beautiful um, floral um, piece of art. It's just, it's, I'm obsessed. It's like my my favorite, favorite um, is to do like all greens, all green flowers. And it's just so beautiful. And then when people see it, they're like, well, I would have never thought um, to use hydrangea like this. I would have never thought I didn't realize they had green flowers. They're so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, they're really beautiful. You guys have to, you know, stop, stop only thinking about reds and pinks, you know, and start <laughs> to think about, you know, think about some of the, some of the others. And so um yeah, I, I it's, I would say um allow allow space for you to see all flowers going together if you so choose. Um, because there's they're their flowers, they're so beautiful. Like you, you really can't get it wrong. You can't mess it up.
2: You keep saying recipe and I love that because it's almost like we're in the kitchen, but we're, we are creating something, but I love, why did you decide to call them recipes? Because I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, you know what? I can't take credit for that. That's just um, an industry lingo. That's really the way that. Um, most floral professionals um, re- I refer to um, their the mixes that they're meant to use, right? So when a, a florist is deciding which arrangements they're going to create for like an event or a wedding or a client call, they, they kind of create a list. Of all the flowers that they may want to put in that, in that list, and next to that list, it's you know how many of each of those flowers are going to go in um, in the arrangement, and that just naturally became known as the recipe because it's it really is just the ingredients. The list of flowers becomes the ingredients um, that go into the overall um, arrangement, and so that's yeah, I can't take credit for for recipes. I love it, um, but that's yeah, that's that's definitely a um, an industry um, industry terminology.
2: Now, you mentioned earlier when um, like some of the farmers, when they had to like there were bigger box brands that were like, what's the word I'm looking for? That were like strict guidelines of who they would work with and who they wouldn't work with. Have you ever run across like a a company saying, oh, we're not going to work with you or are someone saying we can't work with you because we work with this well-known name brand?
1: Nope, not yet. No, it has not happened. I've heard other people talk about those things happening to them, but it has not happened. Um, it has not happened to us. And I think probably because we, we're really intentional about um, not positioning ourselves as a competitor to flowers, I mean mm-hmm. to florists. Right, like we have a um, a database on our website, uh, uh, Black Florist, and we always will say, you know, while we think DIY flower arranging is the best thing, there are times when it's not appropriate. There are times when the when the occasion or the situation calls for a professional um, to come in and design your your flowers. Right, that could be for a funeral. It could be, you know, for someone who's you know convalescing. Like, there's so many things and times when you actually need a a florist to design your flowers um then you know so we have that that database we say you know for those times when you need them here's our database of black florists all across the country that you can call and and you know utilize their services uh you know whenever we know whenever it's needed and so for that i, I think that's probably why we've been kind of safe from that um is because we're you know we're not really a competitor um to them in that way at least i i don't consider us to be a competitor i don't think that they um, I think initially some of them thought that, but now they, I think we've been clear enough about, you know, with our messaging and our and differentiating our offering um, that we're in a, in a great place.
2: Now, when you started this in 2020 when COVID hit, did you ever think it was going to get as big as it did, as quick as it did?
1: No, no. And, you know, it's so interesting how you say as big as it did, as quick as it did. It, it it did start off very, very quickly. And even now, three years later, I feel like because I have so much of a of a vision of where this company is going to go. And I and I and a, 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 a nagging sense of frustration that we're not further along. Um, and so it's interesting because um, I, I just was talking to someone earlier this week Um, and they were asking you know we were kind of talking about the company and some of the things that we've got going on and they were like you know how long have you you know when did you start this company or no I think they were telling me that they had started their company in August of uh, 2020 and I said oh same as me we you know we're, we're birthday we're business birthday twins and they were like you've only had this company for three years and I was like yeah it's been it's been three years and they're like how have you done all of this in three years right now? I think it's, it's perspective, right? My therapist says that too, like you have to give your ch- yourself a chance to celebrate the wins along the way, because for me, it seems like we're not nearly far enough, but to other people on the outside, they look at it and feel like we have just shot out of a cannon and done so much so quickly. Um, and so I guess I'm grateful for both, right? I'm grateful for the recognition and the acknowledgement, but I'm also, I'm also, I'm grateful for really the humility um, that I don't see it as, you know, as, as it being as big as what other people do. I see where the work, where there are opportunities for improvement opportunities to grow opportunities to continue to move. And, um, and so I think there's, that it's a, it's a healthy mix. Um, it's very much a healthy mix.
2: I love that. How you're, you're, in the moment, you're doing it, but you're also thinking about ways to grow because I think that's a lot of people, a lot of people need to do life like that. You're in the moment, yep. but also think about what's ahead in the future because a lot of people are so stuck on either the past or mm-hmm. in the present, but they don't think about the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's life, right? The reality is if you're not growing, you're dying. So you should always be thinking about how can I stretch myself? How can I, how can I grow myself enough to where I, I no longer fit into this pot? I need to get moved to another place, right? Like that is that's the that's the um the pathway we should all be on. It's like how can we really be the fullest um, the fullest version of ourselves that we could possibly be? Otherwise, what's the point? I feel like they would get so it would it would become so boring. I remember there was several years ago i gotten a period, this is before I started the company, um, where I was you know still running my agency and had gotten so busy that um, I'm an avid reader. I love to learn. I love information. I love 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 to read. And I'd gotten so busy with work that it had been maybe a year or two that I and, and I hadn't read a book. And I just, it it truly impacted the way I felt. It impacted the way my mind um, um, analyzed information. It just, it was very, it slowed me down. It very much slowed me down because I was operating on the same amount of insight that I'd had for, since I read my last book, basically. And so with, I, it's important to always be thinking, um, absorbing new information because it helps to expand your perspective. It helps to um, refine your insights, and in that, that's where the growth comes from. And um, because I have firsthand experience and really feeling the weight of what my life feels like when I'm not, you know, exposing my mind to new information and new ideas, that I'm, I'm always, always, always thinking about. And it's not to say not that I'm not appreciating and enjoying and being grateful for the moment that I'm in. But it's always yes. And for me, it's always, you know, yes, this is amazing. And I bet you we can also do this thing. Um, And then, you know, always thinking about, like, how do I continue to grow and, you know, grow and grow? Otherwise, I'll get bored.
2: (laughs) I love that. Now, what you mentioned, you have a vision for your company. Can you share a little bit of where you think you'll be like in maybe five years?
1: Oh, in five years. So one of the things that we're working on um, going into 2024 is finally building out um, our uh, tech enablement. Uh, which is going to be an interactive content library of live and on demand floral design tutorial. So I almost think like Peloton's membership app, but for um, fresh flower arranging. So within five years, if I'm only focusing on that element, um, I see us having a global offering with that SaaS product. I see it being subscription-based. I see us, you know, really being able to curate some really unique experiences in app around meditation, around um, music, you know, Really cool partnerships with you know audio supported systems like Calm and Headspace, you know, m- um, at music like Apple Music and Spotify, you know, playlists to arrange to sounds to arrange to, you know, really helping people, um, you know, building out floral healing curriculums. Even thinking about you know, um, you know, uh, some forms of like a, a group therapy or group or group support systems within the flowers, using the flowers to kind of uh, facilitate the most. So I really major player um, in the health and wellness um, category uh, using our uh, our uh, tech-enabled platform to do it.
2: I love that. Our time is almost up. So before we get to where people can find out more about Postal Petals, is there one last thing that you want to share with people?
1: One last Um, little nugget. Yeah, I I guess the nugget is just, um, you know, take time to center yourself in your self-care right you know one of the things that you know with us our our platform is subscription based our offering a subscription based very intentionally um, because you know when our um, when whenever something is going wrong the very first thing to go if we need more time the very first um, thing we cut is self-care the very first thing we cut Is a time to just sit and relax and be still. And part of the reason that we really were focusing on a subscription based model is because, you know, those flowers, if you don't tend to them right away when they arrive, they will die and you will have wasted your money. And so it's really almost forced self care, right? Like you might be frustrated, like, oh, I don't have time for this, you know, and it comes. But then once you open the box and start working, now all of a sudden you're in it. We've got you. And now you have no choice but just fully immerse yourself. And by the time you look up, you're enjoying the experience. You've given yourself the time you need to process the flowers and and start to relax and decompress. And so, um, what I what I the last thing I just want to say is to whether it's our flowers or something else, you know, we've all been through a lot in the last few years. If it's not our flowers, find something um, that that to do to. uh, encourage self-care in your in your life in your daily routine that demands it that requires it much in the same way as as perishable flowers um, demanded for our offering find something that does not allow time for negotiation when it comes to uh, really requiring you to center uh, your self-care and wellness because if there's nothing that the last you know three and a half years has taught us it's that our time is precious, it's not guaranteed, and that we should not go through life feeling the stress and anxiety um, of uh, our day-to-day um, experiences without allowing ourselves the simple pleasure of just peace, of just you know creatively expressing ourselves and just not you know free yourself from the obligation to intellectualize every moment of your existence.
2: Wow, that was a great nugget. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs>
2: Now, where can people find out more about Postal Pedals?
1: We are at Postal Pedals everywhere digital. We're postalpedals.com. Um, online, we are at Postal Pedals on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, um, Twitter. Uh, we are, um, I don't know when this this will air, but we're you know just getting into holiday season. We've got um, some really cool um Uh, gifting solutions for the holiday, one of which that I'm really excited about is our prepaid gift subscriptions, right? And so it gives you an opportunity to gift um, self-care and wellness to someone else, give someone else the opportunity to, you know, for three months, have a box of flowers that arrive to their home and they can, you know, kind of get into the process of experiencing, you know, what creative expression um, feels like when they're, you know, working with flowers and kind of get them, get, get let's get some people hooked on self-care. Um, and so there the, are prepaid subscriptions are our, um, one of our gift offerings for this um, this holiday season that I'm most excited about. So um, visit us on postalpedals.com, check out. Um, we have a whole, you know, kind of like a gift guide of different items that we have. Um, and I'd be grateful for, you know, for anyone's support.
2: Well, I love that. And Talia, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing this company. Who knew out of COVID that something amazing would come out?
1: I know it's crazy, right? Like I just, on my own, I'm like, how in the world did this happen? But, you know, sometimes things are just greater than you, bigger than yourself. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful. And yeah, I appreciate and I you tell. having Thank you. Oh, thank you.
2: And for thank those that so are much. listening, you need to go hop on YouTube and watch it because her smile is just so bright. And she's grinning great. <laughs> she's been smiling this whole interview because you could just tell the love that she has for her company uh, and for the flowers.
1: Yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. These flowers are just a joy. And I'm really grateful too because you know, a lot of times I'll hear people say that they made what they love their business and the thing they love became a burden. And fortunately for me, that, that has not, that has not happened. And I think part of me always looking ahead is me just getting excited about how else I can share um, this, you know, kind of beautiful expression of of love and self-care. So that's that's the smile. That's what you're seeing behind the smile. <laughs>
2: I love that. So I will put in the show notes, guys, everywhere where you can find Postal Petals. And thank you so much, Talia, for coming on and for chatting about us and for spending part of your day with us.
1: Absolutely, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Take good care and happy holidays. Happy
2: holidays to you too. And we'll see you guys on the next chat from the Block Cabin. Be blessed and keep chatting. Bye. chats from the blog cabin we not only have voices for a podcast but also faces for youtube
0: don't miss your next episode